everybody get cozy. There's a lot of people here. Not too bad. Nice work, guys. Huh. So, thank you so much for joining us today. I'm Avery Schrader. I founded a company called Modash. Our goal is to get everybody who likes to make cool stuff like this and put it online paid so that they don't have to work their stupid day job anymore. This is Alariajo. I'm going to let him speak for himself, but first I want to say thank you all so much. It's super cool that you're here. Uh, I don't think anybody in the audience, whether even my own team, knows how much I appreciate them or how much I appreciate you guys for coming because, I mean, you have things to do. Um, yeah, without further ado, oh, green light, green means go. Does it work? Alari Aho, how are you? Fine, thank you. And uh, thank you for being here, and thank you for inviting me here to talk. To lift off. Yes. Cheers. Tervi sex. <laughs> yes, tervi sex. So, Alari, do you know why I pulled you over today? Yes, yeah, so, um, uh, I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, yeah, because there are so many, like, uh, cool success stories, uh, recent years in Estonian startup scene. So, yeah, I guess there's a lot of competition for talkers. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely cool for me to get to speak to so many cool people, but the reason that I brought you here today is because you started a little project called Toggle, and I thought it was interesting enough to talk about for a while. So can you introduce us to Toggle and who you are and what your role in that place is and give us the, the quick rundown? Yes, yeah, so uh, my personal background is that I'm, uh, I'm like in mindset, I'm an engineer. Uh, I have been a software developer like for, I don't know, 30 years, <laughs> uh, most of the, this time professionally, and I like to build things. And I have built several, many, many projects over, over my short lifetime. But uh, uh, yeah, it seems that uh, Toggle is uh, is like the most successful of those. And basically, Toggle is a simple tool for for tracking time. If you have clients, projects, uh, or just you want to know where did the time go, so you can use Toggle. Huh. One thing that's really interesting to me about Alari is actually the the pattern of bad things happening and a lot of turning them into something really cool. Uh, and the first one was when you were a kid and you broke your leg. Yes, uh, <laughs> that's, uh, that's a really like stupid story, how to fuck up your summer. <laughs> so I was in the ninth grade, I don't know how old was it, 14, 15, something. Yeah, so uh, I had uh, next day I had English uh, final exam for the ninth grade. I was studying for it. It was really like beautiful day outside. I thought, fuck it, I, I will go skateboarding. <laughs> of course. <laughs> Just a quick skateboard. <laughs> and then I broke my leg so badly that I had to spend three months indoors. And basically, I first steps I took was the 1st of September to go back to school. <laughs> but uh, yeah, and we lived on a fifth floor with no elevator, so it was pretty inconvenient to go outside. So luckily I, I had a, uh, a, an uncle from Sweden and they just, uh, this year or last year, they had uh, sent us an old uh, computer uh, which barely worked. And, <laughs> and the bad thing about this computer was that it did not have any games. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I spent like three, three months indoors uh, 
looking at this computer and started uh, just uh, developing games to to be enter entertained. Yeah. What is this thing? <laughs> it's a Yamaha MS6 uh, uh, computer, and uh, you you could develop it in Basic, uh, like early version of MS6 Basic. So yeah, and you you can do a lot of cool games with Basic actually. <laughs> So, so this is how you got your start as a software engineer, in a way. Yes. What year was it? Do you, do you, you it was 1989, I guess, or 1990, something like that. And I, I looked into it, and it was actually not until 10 years later that the first software engineering degree was ever offered. You could, for the first time ever, you could take a software engineering degree. I think it was 1998 or something like that. It can be, but... But actually, uh, I, I was born in Tartu and uh, grown up in Tartu and in Tartu University. I guess also in Tallinn Technical University in the 90s, there was a very vibrant community of uh, software guys, uh, mostly from like mathematics department, even if it's, it was not official, like computer science. Yeah. What was it about that summer as a kid who was trying to kind of skip out on studying for his English exam and broke his leg skateboarding? What was it about? about that first piece of development that hooked you in so much? Because even now when I talk to you about your projects and we meet up, you, you jump immediately to the product and how cool the product is. And What is it about building that's so hooked you in? I think, I think that every like, uh, developer or engineer knows that it's so cool if you get something to work or something running. So uh, yeah, I, I guess it may... It, it's the. It's maybe I'm born with it. I don't know. <laughs> born with code in your blood. Um, so you break your leg. You grow up. Normal life. Yeah. Coding. Fast forward. Uh, I was in the eleventh grade, and uh, then uh, I already did commercial gigs. So I earned my first money. And back then, it was like for a school kid, it was quite a big, quite big money. Yeah. And I just spent it all on computers, very stupidly. I should have bought real estate instead. <laughs> <laughs> That's super cool. So then you do these first gigs, you graduated high school. You didn't skip out on studying too much. I guess you finished no, high school. No, I, I was uh, always studying and working at the same time. So okay. I w went straight to university, studied physics for two years, then uh, uh, skipped to economics, and I graduated from economics mm -hmm. in Tartu University. Really? So you yeah. didn't even take the direction necessarily of, of no. development? No. I was uh, really bad at math. I, I <laughs> wouldn't have, like, uh, cut into the math department. <laughs> huh, okay. And it didn't, I think your leap into entrepreneurship didn't really start with a tech startup, per se. You started uh, an agency with your brother, correct? Yeah. Yes. Uh, I guess in the 90s, like, uh, the startup, the idea of a startup was not very common, Maybe maybe it was in the States, but not, not uh, here in Estonia. And so we started a consultancy company in the year 2000. Yes. Uh, operating out of Estonia, serving Estonian clients. We did like uh, banking software, ticketing, all that stuff. But uh, the biggest problem with uh, uh, doing consultancy in Estonian market is that the Estonian market is the smallest market in the world. So <laughs> basically, if you if you want to specia specialize in a vertical, you do like uh, software for real estate companies, you sell it to free companies and then that's the whole, whole market. <laughs> <laughs> so you can 100% market yeah. penetration yeah, right from the exactly. get-go. Exactly, and uh, it's, uh, 
So we, we had the desire and um, from the first day basically we had the wish and desire to have a, a product that we can sell globally over the internet. Uh, all, yeah, and at the same time uh, Skype uh, started in, in Estonia and it was a, uh, like a really big uh, like, uh, example of yeah. uh, how, how it's possible to do. Huh. It's always interesting to hear about Skype for me because for me now being here, my first kind of startup ecosystem and I see what's happening in the scene with uh, all every week it seems there's a new funding announcement or somebody's going global or whatever. So I can only imagine what it was when that first seed was kind of planted. Was but the Skype guys actually before that, they, they already had uh, several successes and even like early 90s uh, they they were a gaming company and they did some games uh, they started out uh, selling games early 90s to swedish uh, market and I they didn't know that. yeah they did pretty well the same uh, core team were you playing the games yeah and then they but they then they uh, then they failed big time with a game like uh, in mid 90s and then okay. after that they went into like peer to peer i guess <laughs> yeah, that wasn't yours. No. Skype wasn't yours. Um, so you build the agency, you want to build a product. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and then uh, basically it, how we ended up with all was that it was not uh, like a deliberate uh, idea that now we, we start doing like time tracking and we will conquer the world. It was more like let's just do something and let's just take something and we had uh, we had developed like a simple widget for our in-house use that we used uh, to build clients and then uh, then we just let's take this widget and let's just release it as a product and we started in 2006 it took us three months we developed the brand we developed the website uh, we more or less we like make put makeup on the widget <laughs> so it would be more presentable and then we really struggle 2006 in August and in like first month we had 3500 signups then it was like pretty like wow it, it could work <laughs> and and this is the uh, like initial team uh, the girl in the middle is Bridget and she joined us uh, through ISEC as an intern for six months and she was really big help uh, like so uh, from the get-go, we wanted to look like a U.S. Uh, company, like a U.S. product, the website, the copy, all the product. Yeah. Huh. yeah. And she helped us a lot. It must be pretty cool for Bridget now. She was the intern at Toggle. The first was, yeah. So it was you. This is Krister on the yes, right, correct? Yes. And then Bridget was the very first. The very yeah, this yeah, was the whole team. Yeah, and she joined us be even before we had the name Toggle. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Very cool. And... And, and notice that we don't have any Macs, so this shows that how lame, how lame we were like in the early days. <laughs> Doesn't even count as a startup. Yeah. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. You didn't leap into Toggle with both feet in the very beginning. Uh, no, we uh, we made. Uh, I think now looking back, it was a big mistake. So we took Toggle as a side project for three years. Uh, after releasing it, uh, we just had like one developer like part-time sometimes uh, improving it and we still uh, wanted to earn money from the geeks <laughs> in, in Estonian market and uh, it was I think yeah we lost like the three years uh, but so you built the thing you got users you spent three years kind of with it as yeah, a it, side yeah, hustle it just it just it kept growing <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> even if it didn't it do anything yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah and that was surprising 
at what point did you decide to go all in with Toggle? Mm -hmm. So, uh, luckily, we had like a huge uh, recession, the global recession of 2008, and and uh, yeah, it was a big lesson learned for me, even uh, like looking at these days, that uh, how fast uh, things can go really bad. Mm. Like uh, in a, it was like in days we lost. Like in basically over one week, we lost half of the revenues uh, from the consultancy. So basically, we suddenly we, we did not have any projects and any revenue coming in. And we had some uh, some idle developers, and luckily we had some money in the bank. So we decided that yeah, okay, now is the time. Let's focus on Toggle. Try to make this thing grow. Yeah. This is one of the original kind of user interfaces of or the whole thing of what Toggle was. Yes. And. <laughs> I think it really speaks to the words minimum viable product. Uh, I almost designed it myself. <laughs> so, yeah, and uh, yeah, it's yeah. Even though it looks like uh, a piece of shit, uh, it uh, brought a lot of signups over its lifetime. Lifetime was uh, less than a year, but I guess it was over 10,000 signups or more you know, with with this website. So it worked. <laughs> back, back then. Yeah. What did that teach you about MVP building? Because I know when you, when you spoke to me about product, one thing that you guys, you seemed kind of proud of the fact mm -hmm. that you hadn't wasted the time to make everything perfect and fancy and amazing and then try to launch. Yeah, I guess that uh, all of you have heard, like, uh, luckily these days there is so vibrant startup community that you get a lot of mentors, a lot of, like, uh, help. Uh, so I guess that everyone ha of you here has experienced that uh, don't uh, try to try to m make things perfect, mm. just uh, just do them. So yeah, but we I, I don't know in instinctively maybe we started out like that. So yeah, the first version of Toggle was really 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 bad. Actually, the design was so bad that uh, we we even <laughs> did not have like a full-time designer first couple of years. And at some point we we had like you see the interface is, is like blue, we had like I don't know, 25 different uh, flavors of blue because just developers <laughs> just chose them. <laughs> it was like a big mess. Yeah. So it's just blue everywhere. Yeah. Cool. Uh, I mean, isn't that the design? The rule of design I learned recently is like if you don't know what color to pick, you pick blue. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I uh, like I like blue. <laughs> De decent color, yeah. <laughs> so you jumped into Toggle, both feet. This is, again, a, an example of how Alari and I guess Krister and the whole, the whole process w went in this pattern of, like, when something bad happens, you, you move around it, and uh, this economic crash happened. You jumped into Toggle, and what was the next... Uh, oh, wrong way. What was the next... Uh, step for you guys so yeah we started uh, like growing yeah but uh, mostly we focused on product so mm -hmm. we, we we even did not start marketing like until 2011 or something we yeah we yeah it was really organic even now we have like when we do surveys of new mm -hmm. new signups then we have 40 percent of all new signups are uh, word of mouth so oh. like people come in from personal recommendation which is basically like the biggest uh, marketing channel for us yeah so far and the rest uh, is also 40% is uh, search. So we, we originally, and even now, we do a lot of SEO. Yeah. Yeah. So, no, yeah. And uh, maybe this is also like the second big mistake of Toggle 
so far, looking back, that we should have invested into marketing a lot earlier and a lot more. Yeah, what was the difference for you guys in growing the agency and growing the startup? Because this is two very different worlds. Did, was there, These did are really different words, worlds, yeah. Uh, it's like, <laughs> it's maybe a bad like analogy, but uh, in my experience, uh, like being in a consultancy business is like being a junkie. <laughs> you always want to get the next hit, running around getting new clients <laughs> all the time. And so you, you barely can finish the project and then you have to have a next one because uh, you need uh, revenue. Yeah. So it's like ongoing ongoing uh, thing you don't have time to like really work on the like on the thing to to be like a top quality yes with uh, with the product it's totally different mm -hmm. you have all the time in the world <laughs> and you you can just work on the details yeah but mm -hmm. i mean you you moved pretty quick on the details <laughs> um overcoming those those obstacles you went from the side hustle, you did the full-time gig, you grew super fast. Mm -hmm. And one thing that people love about Toggle is the fact that you didn't just jump in and raise a whole bunch of money really quickly and try to scale the company. And there, I think there's a lot of lessons in, in that mm -hmm. process of bootstrapping. So to date, Toggle has never raised money. Uh, yes, uh, not yet. So uh, when we started out back in 2006, we had some like uh, latent in, in, uh, interest from investors. But um, they ended up saying that, uh, why the hell are you doing time tracking? It's, uh, the market is done. There are hundreds of tools out there. Just stop doing it. And, uh, but we didn't. Um, uh, so yeah, initially, we were forced to bootstrap. Uh, we, there was, in 2006, there was no opportunity to raise money in, in Estonia in any reasonable like, the terms. Luckily, we had revenues uh, from the agency, so we uh, we started out like that, and uh, uh, and then it grew like into the culture. Uh, we were extremely efficient with money, with growth, and uh, yeah. And you've written a lot about this and kind yes. of about the yeah. the thought process behind it and the mm -hmm. learnings behind it. This I took from a blog that you wrote about uh, why bootstrapping can, in a lot of cases, be the best option, at least to a point. Um, yeah, there are uh, there are so many success stories uh, with uh, raising money, uh, but the the problem with uh, like all this um, all the stories is that they are very biased. So you only hear success stories, yeah. and you not so often you hear not so successful stories. Uh, I guess uh, I don't know the actual percentages, but uh, I guess that maybe ninety percent of all like uh, money raised is. Uh, uh, is on failed projects yes, that the companies that don't end up being successful so uh, so in my opinion that uh, raising money is uh, is the right thing to do if you know how to handle it so it's a, I, I compare it to a very sharp tool so you can cut yourself really badly if you don't use it well yeah what you talked mm -hmm. about in one blog post was mm -hmm. was this system the idea that finding product market yeah. fit is maybe not the best time to to raise it because it's so volatile and you're just spinning trying to to find the right path and if you inject fuel there then it just makes the process even crazier yes yeah so you have you, you have to have some kind of traction in my opinion to to start scaling the company and then then if you if you find a way to make the money work for you Inefficient way then. Yeah. Do you feel that Toggle will raise in the future? Uh, yeah, w w during last year I have talked to 20 plus investors 
Like wow. there's a immense interest. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's the market now. I don't know how is it with other companies, but there's in immense in interest from the investor side. But we mostly uh, we have been like uh, just uh, listening, learning, and uh, but not rushing. When do you think, like, uh, or why do you think this kind of culture of raising money has has come about so crazy? I mean, especially in the U.S., I think, and in, in Canada even, uh, there's a real hype around uh, raising money versus even getting customers, I would say. Do you think this is a problem or it's totally cool? People should raise all the money they want? Yeah, I think that this, uh, the value proposition for entrepreneurs is, uh, is uh, very, like, uh, like uh, good that uh, don't you don't have to worry about the future of the company the, you don't need to worry about the first two years just get the money and start working on the product mm. but the, there are so many catches that uh, even if the product turns out to be successful then the first uh, the money is is uh, is the most expensive money in the world so the the like the piece of the company that you give away for fifty thousand dollars is uh, yeah, it's a very expensive money. Was there ever a point after that first failure in when you tried to raise for mm -hmm. Toggle, it didn't make didn't make it happen? Was there ever a point in the future where you thought maybe now's the time to raise, or it just it was instantly embedded in the culture and the way you guys operate? We have tried to find ways that what should we do with the money, yeah. and we always ask the investors that in your opinion, what should we do with the money, and uh, and and it's interesting that uh, most of the investors says that say that uh, you guys at Toggle that you are so product oriented and you should do much more marketing. But when we ask them that in their portfolio that who are the most successful uh, companies and what do they do, then they always say that yeah, they invest a lot into product. Yeah. <laughs> 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 it's like what women want. <laughs> <laughs> How do you think entrepreneurs, in the, especially in the early stage now, when it is possible a lot of times if you can show the slightest bit of traction or opportunity or you're in a really hypeable industry, mm -hmm. how do you think, uh, what, if somebody walked up to me and offered me a million bucks right now, it would be mm -hmm. really difficult for me to say no. But do you think, uh, how, do, how can I avoid that kind of temptation? What should my thought process be like? Yeah, I think that uh, if you want to be an entrepreneur, then uh, um, it should not be like, especially the start should not be too easy. Uh, because uh, yeah, I have been like uh, quite for qu quite longer period like a CEO running the company, and there is always something that is blowing up like on a daily basis. Even if from outside it looks that everything is cool, so it's like ongoing battle uh, being an entrepreneur. And uh, I think that uh, you can't be too soft on it, and uh, and you, you you have to be creative, and uh, especially in the early days. You don't need too much money, so maybe you don't need a million million dollars. Maybe you can do similar thing with uh, outsourced people, with uh, like working a bit more. You can maybe you can do it with like fifty thousand dollars, and maybe you can uh, some so find creative ways to how to put it up yourself. Yeah. Being so product oriented, did that at all challenge you as a CEO? Because you had Krister as the CTO. Yeah. For the longest yeah. time, up until yeah. very recently. Yeah. And then for you, was this role, did it also come naturally of kind of the, or you just took a very technical direction on being CEO? or? No, uh, I think that we, in, in Togol we have worked a lot on culture. Yeah. So, 
So it's obvious that uh, looking at the long-term success of uh, companies, then the people are number one thing, mm -hmm. who you hire mm -hmm. and uh, how you treat them. And uh, so, so from being a like, uh, natural introvert, for me, it, it has been really hard like, uh, to work with people. Yeah. But uh, it was the thing that we, we basically we started doing like uh, early, like seven, eight years ago, like really focusing on the team. How did you, that, that's a big obstacle mm -hmm. to overcome again, like uh, mm -hmm. even that idea of being introverted mm -hmm. and trying to lead a really quickly growing startup with a really mm -hmm. crazy team and you never did the tech startup thing before, mm -hmm. you came from agency. Mm -hmm. How did you overcome that being a, the introverted part of yourself? I mean, now you sit in front of all these people. And I remember like in the early days when I had like three meetings in a day, yeah. After was, afterwards I was exhausted, like doing three like meetings one-on-one. -on -one or with more people, it was really ex exhaustive, you, you know. But uh, you get better. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. You just suffer long yeah. enough. Yeah, in a couple, couple of years, it was like five, six more meetings. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah. yeah. The culture and kind of the brand of Toggle is really cool to me because it's a little bit mm -hmm. wacky in a lot of ways, and it mm -hmm. feels somehow uh, really genuine, I guess, is the word I'd use. Toggle does these crazy comics, actually... Mars is here somewhere, one of the, the guys who uh, makes these crazy things. And there's a startup unicorn simulator, which we put in the event stream and in the Facebook event, and somebody got very angry at us about it. I don't know. Very if good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but this kind of, how did the culture evolve and how did it solidify itself as this maybe a productivity tool that's very product oriented? The brand is very much about comics and being crazy and like uh, you, you really bridge the gap between being human and being product-oriented mm -hmm. technical guys. How did this come about? How did you build such a, such a culture? And that's a good question. So let me... So yeah, culture was and has been already always uh, like really important for us. So we... Um, we, we really put a lot of effort into building uh, trust uh, and open culture with people. So, so basically, and the people then themselves have built, built the culture. Basically, I did not tell Mart that, no, Mart, start drawing these <laughs> comics now and make them funny. <laughs> <laughs> he, funnier, Mart. Yeah, we, need, we need funnier comics. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, it, uh, so basically it was the culture that uh, lead, led us to Mart and um, who led us to like most successful like marketing stunts we have ever done. Yeah. Go Mart. Yeah. Huh. Mm -hmm. But I think that even outside of the comics, it seems like uh, the toggle culture and the team is tight knit. Was there a methodology or a framework or any kind of principles you guys adopted to try to make that happen? Or was it just a product of who you were and, and how you treated people? No, we, uh, there was a lot of specific effort. Mm. With, uh, yeah, we, like every event we're doing, every like, um, yeah, how we set up the teams, the teams that we have tried to be, the people are involved, uh, the management style is open. There's a lot of uh, trust, but there are still uh, like uh, goals. So it's like balanced. It's not just like a bunch of hippies. So yeah, <laughs> yeah somehow it has worked. <laughs> yeah, okay. And one thing that you've done, maybe even um, 
making culture more impressive is the insane remote work culture you guys have at Toggle. Yeah. So yeah, this is our team, uh, <laughs> where they're working from. Um, so uh, yeah, I remember it was like 2013, uh, five years ago, we were a team of only Estonians uh, sitting in the same office in Tallinn. And basically all the team members are, were from the same university. So it was like a mono, monocultural team with capital M. <laughs> and uh, we had a huge problem back then. It was almost impossible to hire developers uh, out of Tallinn. <laughs> I guess it's even harder now. <laughs> but uh, then it was really bad. Uh, I remember one case that we had looked for like a backend developer for six months. We found a guy and then we had to fire him because he was not too good. And then was the moment we thought that, oh my God, there has to be another way. There's got to be a better yeah. way. Because look, look at like, uh, look at the future, like the Estonian demographic situation that it, it, it was evident that it was not getting any better. Yeah, I think that uh, a lot of times, even being in the, in the community here, asking about uh, recruiting and that sort of thing, the, even somebody who's uh, got as little experience as I do, it seems really obvious that you kind of have to look outwards. Somebody asked me how to find, uh, how to recruit. I said, don't bother with Estonia. Just call your friends in the other side of the world and fly them here or whatever yeah, it exactly. takes. So uh, we basically, we had three options. Mm -hmm. Should we set up an office in uh, somewhere like a bigger city, like Berlin, London, New York, uh, San Francisco? Should we uh, start bringing people to Estonia mm -hmm. or should we go remote? Mm -hmm. I went around asking like other startup guys that what do you think, how you are doing, mm -hmm. setting up an office in New York. I remember one Estonian uh, startup who had done it. So he said that, yeah, you just take a big pile of $100 bills and set <laughs> it on fire <laughs> and you have office in New York. <laughs> yeah. uh, it was not very like uh, appealing idea. Uh, then uh, Burning $100 bills. Yes. Yeah. I like money, so I <laughs> <laughs> it seems like awkward to burn it. And then, uh, then the second idea was uh, to bring, bring people to Estonia. But thinking about that, uh, like the, if, especially if people have families, or uh, I know that there are many companies in Estonia who successfully do it, but still the, the subset of people who are actually willing to relocate to Tallinn is, uh, is not very big. And uh, we have asked like, our team members uh, from out of Brazil that, uh, what How do you do think, you? like, yeah, moving to Tallinn? Yeah. <laughs> no way. Too cold. No way. Yes. You so, so we, and, and it seemed like the remote for us was the easiest thing to try out. Just get a couple of guys, mm -hmm. uh, see how it works out. Although, uh, basically, all of the startups in, a, in, in Tallinn told me that in 2013 that it doesn't work out. Don't even try. Because uh, how do you know that the people are working? <laughs> this is always like number one question. How do you know that people are working? But I have a question that in the office, how do you know that they're, they're actually working? <laughs> yes, use toggle. <laughs> you can you can fake time entries. So, yeah. so we yeah. So 2014, we hired the first guy from Spain. Then and then qu quite quickly, like in a couple of months, we already ha had like five people from Poland, from US, uh, from Slovakia, from yeah. So it, it, it started getting diverse really quickly. And then uh, there it, uh, eventually it's, it, it, uh, uh, we had to change uh, a lot as a company. So you can't be like half uh, pregnant with uh, remote work. 
it was like the first uh, first ex uh, experience we had. Go big or go home. Yeah, yeah. You have to go full in. You you can't just uh, have some people because, uh, yeah. When we were Estonians in Tallinn, then most of the communication was uh, verbal, and it was in Estonian language. How big is <laughs> how big is the team now, and what percentage of it is remote? Yeah, do you know? live in so yeah, we had to change uh, immediately to English, even like uh, if the team had like basically all Estonians, we we, <laughs> we started talking, in, uh, writing in English, and yeah, we turned all the communication into written format. Mm. People and must have hated you in the beginning. Yeah? Yes, and and there there were so, so cool examples. We had like two guys, I, I remember really well, one uh, is Erwin, another was Sörger. They were so anti-remote. They said that it won't work out. I hate working <laughs> at home. I want to be in the office all the time. So, yeah, I remember so well. So uh, when we uh, when we uh, started out, then we did uh, like a, a week. We said, okay, you can't come to the office. We will shut the doors. Just work from home. And after <laughs> this week, the most anti-guy. He even did not show up in the <laughs> office anymore because he said, "Oh, <laughs> that was really nice." <laughs> <laughs> so, so not only did you start hiring remote, but you sent your workers home. Yes, in Estonia. Yeah. That's actually a good idea to kind of uh, get mm -hmm. people in the right mentality about it. Yeah. Yes, you have to experience it. You can't just. Uh, otherwise, you're just afraid of shadows or mm -hmm. uh, that there is dark outside. I'm not. I don't want to go outside. You talked about burning money mm -hmm. or uh, or buying an office in New York. Mm -hmm. But you once told me actually, and I read that uh, you guys spent tens and tens of thousands of euros even in the early days on remote working and trips and that sort of stuff. But if yeah. I understand... Yeah, another mindset or another question we get a lot is that, okay, why are you doing this? Are you just trying to save on uh, on uh, salaries or trying to save on taxes? Or w yes. why are you doing this like exotic way of working? So no, it's not like a cost-cutting method for us, definitely. It's uh, very far from that. So I think that w we are not saving any money on, on people. Maybe we spend a bit even more about like what we have would spend in Estonia. But uh, the, I think that the key issue about going remote is the, is, uh, the pool of candidates you get. So um, to give you like an example that uh, uh, when you hire from Estonia, I guess that if you have like 10 strong candidates per position for a developer, then it is really, really, really like good, good thing. But we get like thousand plus candidates uh, on a routine basis for developer positions. Is it mobile developer, front-end developer, back-end developer? Thousand plus all the time because the world population is seven billion. Uh, there's a lot of people to choose from. And the second thing, like big myth, is that the the, the sharpest developers are living in Silicon Valley or the best programmers are in Tallinn. This is a big bullshit. We have found like uh, crazy uh, good developers from like uh, woods out woods out of Bosnia or or in New Delhi or in in Maceo, Brazil or in uh, Quincy, California. Or yeah, it's uh, people are all around and they have so many reasons not to live in in like big cities. Um, and they like working remote. And basically, working remotely is like. Uh, maybe the only option to to have like a really good good job for them 
Yeah, and Toggle has like gone big on remote working too. As soon as you guys start to talk about something, you like do it for real. And uh, you've published this guide on on remote working, uh, kind of a handbook. Yeah, check this out. Yeah, yeah, it's super cool. You can find it's free online. Like you don't even need an email or something. I don't yeah. think. I don't know. But uh, would you say that remote working is viable for really early stage startups? Is there a certain point where people should start to think about this? I, you can transform yourself, but I, I would suggest now nowadays looking back at our experience that have we ever. Have we ever thought that, oh, God, we should go back to working in the office? No, it doesn't work. No, we haven't had, never, we haven't had like a, s a fraction of a second not even thinking about this. So I think that it's easier to start out <laughs> from day one than to transform later on. And eventually you will everyone uh, transform to remote work. I'm, I'm pretty certain of it. Maybe it takes five years or more, but yeah. I know that... Uh I, that this idea of remote working still lives strong because somebody who's been in your office told me that even now when you go there, there's nobody there. Yeah, that's a sad <laughs> fact. Nobody's working in Toggle. Yeah, having a big office in the city center and three people in it. So it's yeah, but th we signed the lease before the remote thing uh, like got really big for us. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think is the... What sort of things should people keep in mind if they want to build remote teams? You're a startup founder, maybe you're ready to, you've hit that scale level, you just raised your hundred gazillion dollars, you're on the front page of TechCrunch and now you need to hire a remote. What should people keep in mind? The rapid fire. So when we started, uh, we always tried to hire people who had done it before. So, we, uh, so people would teach us mm -hmm. how to work remotely. And the second big thing is uh, team leads. The key is uh, people leading the teams. They are like the key person. If a team lead uh, fucks up, then uh, the whole team basically disintegrates because there is the social interaction or social integration is not so so like big. So yeah, so you need like uh, very good people as a team lead, and you should also build uh, personal relations. So I you can't just have a remote team that never meets. Yeah, yeah. we meet four times a year. Yeah. Okay, mm -hmm. I when I first. Oh. I keep going too far. When I first started looking into the mind of Alaliaho, I had this really horrible misconception. It was that because you'd recently moved away from the CEO role at Toggle, which I'd like to talk about a little bit, but uh, I thought maybe you were cutting back. Yeah, and, uh, golf, like golf and yachts and all that stuff. Yeah. <laughs> taking a deep breath, you know, not enjoying life, whatever. Exotic trips. Yeah. <laughs> Boring stuff, but it's not true. What are you doing now? I mean, there's a long list of projects here. Yeah, uh, uh, similar to Toggle, uh, we have uh, released a couple of new products that uh, have grown out of our own need. Team Week is, uh, is a team planning tool, um, like for agencies uh, or any, any teams that who need to know that what, what John is doing the next week or what Mary is doing the next Tuesday, like planning ahead, like a couple of weeks. And 105 is, uh, is a hiring tool that we have used ourselves for four years. And uh, it has worked. It, before 105, we had like hiring was number one problem with a wide margin. Now hiring is like number 20 problem because we always know that uh, it's just a question of time. We need a mobile developer. We know that in two months we have a really good mobile developer. It's like, uh, pff, yeah, no question. So. 
What was the mm-hmm. feeling like? We're going to talk more about especially mm-hmm. 105 because mm-hmm. it is really impressive, mm-hmm. actually. But uh, what was the process like for you or why did you decide to step away from the CEO role at Toggle? What is your role there now? What's mm-hmm. the... Yeah, I was a CEO for 10 years and it was... Uh, I, I know you're 20. So I've never been anything <laughs> for like, 10 years. It's like a history of the world for you. Duration. <laughs> <laughs> yeah... So I felt that I'm, uh, I don't want to be like Kim Il-sung or uh, Fidel Castro that uh, like... Oh, that's uh, a good start. Yeah, so a guy who knows everything and uh, and uh, runs the company until the, he dies. So I don't want to be that guy. So uh, yeah, you should get like uh, uh, fresh people in all the time. Um, was it hard for you to kind of step away? I mean, 10 years is yeah, a long it, time. Yeah, it's, it's still hard. Yeah. yeah. Because I, uh, Christer, actually, we had a, like a big conflict a while ago. He's, he told me that you have to step back. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, you, can, you can't have like two cooks in the kitchen. Uh, and I'm still like trying to be hands-on. And, uh, uh, yeah. So after yeah, the transition. You to, yeah, you have to let go. Yeah, it's very hard. Mm. Yeah. What was that conversation like? You guys still <laughs> friends? Yeah, no. Uh, we yell a lot at each other, so sometimes colleagues uh, get stressed that why are they yelling so like loudly. You guys worked yeah. together for 10 years. Yeah. Even longer. Even longer, yeah. You still like each other. <laughs> it's <laughs> professional, it's professional. Oh, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> All right, that makes more sense. Um, w- since we have a little bit more time, w- one other thing, again, that's really interesting about you for me is uh, the fact that while these projects are doing well, Toggle's doing well, you've had your, your glory and there's still more to come, mm-hmm. you've written about the failures that have been there mm-hmm. too. And the list of failures is significantly longer, I would say, than the list of successes. Yes. And yes. I think there's an important message there again. What were the, the highlights of your failure career? Yeah, uh, yeah in the mid-2000s when we released Toggle, uh, we had some other projects, uh, name uh, almost ten different projects that we tried to release as a product because we believed that yeah maybe the time tracking is yeah maybe it's too small of uh, opportunity and we should have something bigger, and all of the other projects uh, failed. Luckily, uh, they failed like in pretty small scale. So f- for me, like the 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 decision like uh, point of uh, of a new project, uh, is it a, s- a potential success or not? Is uh, is a user traction. So always, I, I always look at user traction. So you should get like in first six months, you should get like at least ha- at least hundred people using the the product. Mm. Otherwise, uh, don't waste your time on it. Mm. So if you don't have hundred uh, users in six months, so from the start, so just forget it. Do something else. So that's how you knew when to to yeah. kill the project. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was and, there and it's always like. Uh, like Salvador Dali said once that, or was it Picasso that uh, the? Don't ask me, man. Yeah, my uh, my history grade was uh, C. So, so anyway, the, some guy, some artist guy, <laughs> said said that the the, the best some way guy with a paintbrush. The best way uh, to have a, a great idea is to, is to have many ideas and then choose from. Yeah. Huh. How did you know other than? I mean, 100 users in six months, maybe some people still hold on. Depends on the price point, mm-hmm. maybe, of the mm-hmm. product. Was there other signs where you're like, okay, this is a failure? Was there ever a point in that up and down, even when you were like, that was the last one, I'm done, I'm going back to my day job? 
This is my day job, you know, <laughs> building products. Yeah, I think that uh, whatever you do now, looking if you do any startup, if you do any product, always try to do a scalable thing. Because uh, internet uh, these days, uh, doing a scalable, you put in the same effort as you would put into a consultancy or agency, but the potential return is like 10 orders of magnitude bigger. Mm -hmm. Because we did the agency for almost 10 years, and uh, when we tried to sell it, after 10 years, nobody wanted to buy it. So basically, we gave away, gave away clients for free mm -hmm. to competitors, and we just said, oh, fuck it, let's... Yeah, but uh, luckily, Toggle now has some kind of intrinsic value also, even if we don't do anything with it anymore. Yeah, then, I mean, because a lot of these failures kind of happened amongst... It was in the midst of Toggle. The, Toggle existed, you were trying yes. other projects still. Yes. You weren't sure about Toggle, mm -hmm. I think, was the... the yes. Even yes. though you exceeded your 100 people rule. Yeah. Um, how did you balance those things? Or how, I mean, you had the agency, you have Toggle, you have like X company mm -hmm. that's trying to get off the ground. How do you balance all of that? And was that the right decision? Yeah, it's hard to tell. Yeah, balancing, yeah, it's, uh, yeah. Uh, maybe it's uh, it's the agency background that mm. uh, you always have like uh, 10 different projects going on, yeah. 20 different clients. Uh, always like some kind of shit hitting the fan. So you get used to this, like the tempo and like uh, juggling different things. Yeah. So that was a good training 10 years. So it was like a force of habit for you. Maybe. Yeah. Huh. And going back to 105 and the crazy work you guys are doing there. Yeah, these are actual numbers. Take, take a moment. I just uh, made a screenshot yesterday. Yeah. How long does, uh, did, did this, these jobs probably take to fill up that many candidates? Uh, because back-end developer two so okay this uh, this uh, this uh, has been a, this this has been uh, around a bit more than maybe i don't know half year something like that these but, job but openings yeah but we uh, we are not campaigning all the time so it's like on and off mm -hmm. can you explain 105 and give the kind of what is the what was the life cycle of this this came about because you couldn't hire people and yes so uh, the key to hiring developers is that uh, uh, any good developer uh, is not looking for a job. <laughs> <laughs> they are already employed. Transferwise uh, already yeah. has them. Yeah, so finding a good developer who is unemployed, actively looking for a job, is uh, this thing does not exist. <laughs> Maybe only in a short period of time. Like, uh, So you have to engage developers in some other way because they don't go to job portals to mm -hmm. scan uh, like openings. Most of them don't. So we like turned, turned, uh, we gamified the process. So we engaged developers with a small quiz, uh, and it works remarkably well. And the second thing we do is that we engage potential candidates uh, through Facebook because still people spend a lot of time in Facebook. So for us, yeah, it's the number one uh, channel for hiring people. Um, How does 105 actually work? What is the what is the whole system? So yeah, you see uh, a job ad from Toggle. Mm -hmm. uh, take a test, win a T-shirt. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Click on it. <laughs> then uh, you you can just. We even don't have like a very long uh, job description. We just have like three sentences, mm -hmm. and we always publish the salary. So uh, the uh, so people know that are are they willing to spend any time on it or or not. And then just they click, uh, the call to action is to take the test. They usually, it's like 15, maximum 20 minutes. Mm. 
And we have had uh, guys now working in Togol, like I guess maybe it's even majority who said that, oh my God, I was not even looking for a job. <laughs> <laughs> I just took the test and then we took takeover. If uh, like out of these 2000 guys, uh, maybe like uh, 30, 40 are any good. So we, and then we take it personal. We, we engage them, we do test drives, test weeks, and then we hire them. Yeah. You once said in that you said that uh, that hi getting the leaders right was really mm -hmm. key in the company. Yes. Um, how do you how do you hire for that idea? So far, we have uh, all of our team leads have grown out uh, of Toggle. Mm -hmm. They have started out as a specialist, as a developer, as a support agent, as a, just a marketer, and they have evolved into team leads in a couple of years. So it has been our policy so far. And is that like? Uh, uh is that part of the toggle culture? Do you guys just grow leaders yes. like apples yes. on a tree or what? Yeah, yeah. we have felt always that uh, it's uh, when you hire uh, like a manager, then um, there are so many ways that the manager, a new guy can screw up. Mm. You hire a new guy, he has some power to change things. He has no idea of the culture. He has no idea of the product, no idea of the team, no idea of the clients. And he just goes kung ho. Yeah. So <laughs> it's always good that you have like some people that you already can trust, yeah. that know the context, and then uh, give them opportunity to make decisions. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And what else is on your, your to-do list nowadays? You're no longer CEO of Toggle. You're now running three companies. Mm -hmm. Or what is your role actually in like Team Week 105 Toggle? What's, the, what's your role in those places now? I help uh, the teams to grow them. I help, I hope I help. <laughs> <laughs> Teams to grow the products. I work with people. I talk to people a lot. I I attend the events, try to like uh, understand the, the team and uh, what what is the potential inside the team. Mm -hmm. So you're kind of like, uh, you don't have a really, because you're not leading the whole process yes. of any of these. Yeah. Is that, what's that? Like now you're juggling another three projects. Is it still? Yeah, and also new new initiatives that, uh, I always try to push like the, the managers or CEOs that we should like think bigger. We should do like bigger risks and uh, yeah, and also help with budgeting and finances. Huh. Okay. Anything? What about the yachting and the the vacationing? Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe in the sixties. <laughs> in in two thousand sixty or what? No, when I'm when I'm in the sixties. Ah. Uh, okay. So that's it then. You're you're working. Yeah, full time. Every day. Mm -hmm. All day, mm -hmm. after 10 years of CEOing. Yeah, there is so much potential in Toggle. We see that we can easily still continue growing mm. a lot. How do you feel that the ecosystem is now in Estonia compared to when you first began? Uh, yeah, I think it's really great. I, I don't know, how how do you feel about the <laughs> thing that is going on in, in Lyft and in, in the startup scene in Estonia? Say yeah, if you like it. Woo! <laughs> 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 How have things changed? Yeah, I think that it, it has changed a lot. Like, I remember that even 2010 or even like 2012, it was really quiet. So nothing like really happened. So it's really good that, and it seems that it's nowadays it's popular to, to do a startup. Mm -hmm. And it's very good. I think that people should be, there should be more entrepreneurs, especially when you're in your 20s, you should take risks. You should try it out. And... Uh, because you have, you, you don't have too much to lose, <laughs> and you have all the time. <laughs> Just do it. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, I want to take a little bit of time to do Q and A and that sort of thing. One thing I'm going to say is that if you lovely people would be kind enough 
to go here to slido.com. You input this little code, and then you tell me and tell Lyft99 how the show went. It's like a little NPS, and uh, it helps us out. It helps us understand how to make the show better next time. But I want to jump into Q&A a little bit. We're close to the hour mark. Does anybody have a question for Alariaho? The king of remote working. Hi. <laughs> I have a question. How did you come up with the price? And uh, you know. Okay, price. Uh, <laughs> so we, uh, we have raised prices uh, like uh, consistently. <laughs> we started out really like with a low price basically. It was like $1 per team member per month. Uh, it was like uh, the early days. And um, yeah, it's, uh, I think that when you start out setting a price, then uh, start out with a bigger price because it's, uh, it's easier to lower it <laughs> than it's to raise it. Because raising prices, if you have uh, like amount of users already on it, it's like a one year or more. It's a long process and people hate it. Mm. So your pricing strategy is price high. Yeah, we we're trying it with 105, so, but it seems that we're still too low. That's so it. was it always the same or it has changed yeah, over time? Obviously. It has changed uh, every like uh, every few years. No. Few now years. We, I, I think that we should keep it a, a bit stable. Yeah. Thank yeah, you. But, but yeah, you have to work on the prices. It's not you, you just start out and you set it, but it's uh, it's ongoing process. I, I, I would recommend to start higher. Yeah. You can always go lower. You can always do campaigns. Uh, yeah. And, uh, and the issue was that we thought that, okay, if you have low-paying customers, then uh, they won't turn into high-paying customers. Never. They they hate paying, <laughs> so they they just leave. So yeah, it's a different demographic. Yeah. Huh. Uh, I have two questions. One is, uh, did you try to take a loan as well when before going to venture capital? We never like really considered it. Yeah. Why not? We we got uh, we have got like uh, in the early days we got some government grants. Yeah, this is one way to go. But this is also quite expensive money because of the bureaucracy. <laughs> you okay. have to spend so much time on it. It's crazy. Yeah. And second question is uh, when you were raising uh, money or trying to raise money, mm -hmm. do you have like a funny story when you said that you want to raise a lot of money to build a really cool stopwatch? <laughs> Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It, took me a it was uh, the reaction was quite straightforward uh, from one Estonian investor. I remember that he said that just forget it. And he told you you were building a really fancy stopwatch. Ouch! <laughs> no, no. He said that forget the time tracking. It's uh, it's a broken market, and it was 2006. Yeah. Mm. Already. Yeah. Huh. I have a question. What was the target customer when you started the project and did it change or evolve somehow to this point? You know, we, we did not do like uh, much of a profiling in the early days. <laughs> we just uh, tried a bunch of different things with, uh, with growth. So, but now it, but it actually the target customer, it, it somehow like, uh, we, we even did not like uh, enter US market like uh, with a definite purpose, it just somehow happened. So yeah, and since the early days, like U.S. market is basically half of our like uh, traffic and half of our revenues, and the rest of the world is like the another half. And also, team size has been quite uh, constant. So the average team size for us is like 6.6 .6 something. 
so quite small teams also. And like half of their clients are in the IT sector in one way or another. So those are companies or? Uh, bank uh, users are mostly companies. Free users are like 70% are using it alone. Thank you. You have team members pretty much in every time zone in the world. Yes. How do you communicate, uh, taking into account that some have like plus 10 hours, some have minus five so hours? So it's, it's very specific to each team. So the team leads have a lot of uh, like right to say how they work. Uh, uh, the toughest uh, team is uh, support because they are like basically they have Asia Pacific, Europe and US, even US West Coast. And uh, if you want to do like the all hands meeting in a support team, then somebody has to do it at midnight. So they have like tried to overcome it that they are doing like uh, one week they are doing Europe and Asia Pacific and the next week they are doing Europe and US. Uh, some develop development teams, uh, yeah, it's up to the team lead. And it's also, I think, that it's very important that uh, the goals are com communicated well, the tools are really good, that uh, you don't, like, you have clear understanding that what you need to do as a developer or as a marketer, uh, because mostly you are spending your time uh, yeah, alone during the day. Uh, can you name a couple of tools that you use? Yeah, I guess the, uh, these are not, not nothing like fancy. We use GitHub a lot. <laughs> uh, we use sure. Slack, yeah. uh, Trello, we use uh, Teamweek, <laughs> Toggle. <laughs> I think I've heard of that. Yeah, yeah so all the, all the common stuff. Is there yeah. any, do you have anything that's really specific to managing remote workers? Or a, even a, mm -hmm. a piece of golden advice? Trust them. <laughs> Don't even ask people, uh, do they even work? Yeah, you have... <laughs> If you if you are in, in your company, if you if you have the question, that does the person even work? Then you have bigger problems than people working remotely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you work? Just, Just do don't work. ask them that. Yeah. Any other questions from the from the crowd? We have we have a little bit of time actually. Yeah, when we started out, yeah, we just released it. Yeah. So we you did. were just like. We just yeah released and. Yeah, and then we s yeah we did not do like a business plan like yeah, uh, yeah, like yeah. this beforehand. No, because a lot of startups nowadays they always <laughs> trying to narrow everything down. Because mm -hmm. with my startup, like we're not like that. We're just you know the market is always different uh, yeah, of what, what you expect. Exactly, like yeah. theory is one thing, but yeah. when it comes to practice, it's completely yeah. different. And you, there's no way you would know it from the no. start who will be no. your customer. Well, I have been doing like a startup for ten plus years. Last year we released hundred five. And the first assumptions were all wrong. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's the thing. That, that's why, like, yeah. whenever I have conversations, yeah. like, but how do you know? You, yeah. you, there's no way you would yeah. know. You don't know how people mentality works. And so, so you have to just go out to the market as soon as possible yeah. and uh, exactly. get your... Exactly. Launch yeah. it, release it, and then see yeah. what happens. Yes. And because sometimes people don't know what they want. That's the problem. Yes. And, and <laughs> it's so, so different what they say and what they actually yeah, do. Exactly, yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's, yeah. that's why I'm like... Yeah, you do. You have a focus group. You do a nice survey. All everything is looking yeah, fancy. Uh, release yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's that's why I'm like trying to figure this out, yeah. like because yeah. it's all different. I think yes. it's uh, it's all relative a little bit too, in my opinion. I mean, if you're selling like uh, spaceship wings, then you probably have like a really specific. No, what dude. if it's a software? You know, SaaS, don't mm -hmm. work. Because mm. yes. in the take case of Toggle, everybody can 
almost mm-hmm. everybody can benefit from tracking their time. So you kind of have to learn which direction to go. Mm-hmm. But spaceships are different. Yeah, but it's a highly specific market also, I guess, that you, yeah. It's not maybe even a scalable business model if you are servicing like a few few customers. Yeah. Mm. Mm-hmm. What about bootstrapping, you said? Um, do you reckon it's, it, you can apply that to any kind of startup or it's more for physical I products? No? I, d- I don't think that there is like a certain playbook that uh, if you do this, then uh, it's going to work. There is no playbook. There's for no Bible that can yeah, There's no playbook for any yeah. company. So be a great uh, there's, there, there are like billions of different varieties how right. you run a business. Yeah, exactly. Just find your own way, what works for you. Uh, if you like uh, bootstrapping, do it. I think it's, uh, it's a great way to do it. Yeah. If you like raising money, just do it. Uh, in the end, you should be successful in any way. It's just... Yeah. Yeah. Let's do one more great question. Has to be great, though. Oh, right. this one's going to be good. <laughs> so actually, it's about the firing process, especially for people who work remotely. How do and when do you know you should be firing that person? Good one. Yeah, I, I think that uh, firing is, is a really important thing, that, uh, and you should do it uh, as quickly as possible and uh, as uh, like, uh, swiftly as possible. Because keeping around the person who is not a good fit for the team, who is not productive, brings down the morale like in a big way. So never like postpone hire, uh, firing. I have done it in my life uh, plenty of times, like giving one chance, you give another chance, you give a third chance, it will get better. <laughs> but in two years, you see that <laughs> just a waste of time. So and uh, but you have to be very respectful. So it's important that. Uh, you as an entrepreneur, you as a boss, you are always in a in the position of power, and uh, and uh, and also it means that uh, you have the obligation to be respectful and uh, graceful uh, for the person. I th- for m- for me personally, it's, it's really important because it's not it's not like that the person is wrong. Maybe it's just a wrong decision from you, your part to hire this per- person, or is it's maybe it's just the chemistry doesn't work out, uh, not a good match. Yeah. So it's it's e- always easy to blame and say that you fucked up, and you're fired. But it's I, I yeah. I, I don't recommend to do that. <laughs> yeah. I think that uh, one piece of advice that I only recently heard that kind of struck home was like hire fast, and then get rid of people who mm-hmm. uh, f- hire fast, fire fast, as a saying, right? Yeah, but uh, having like a big churn in your team is not also also a good thing. So you and. Uh, and uh, I think the people that who stay in the team, they always b- a bit nervous if the if the boss is like going around like uh, with a like easy trigger like. <laughs> <laughs> That's horrible. <laughs> yeah. I have one final question, yeah. and that is which Team Week or Hundred Five are going to be the next ones that are going to sit up there next to Toggle on the Estonian Mafia Wall of Fame. Do you want to call it right now? Yeah, I hope both of them. It's like my my Same daughters. Day. My daughters uh, always ask me that, Daddy, who is your favorite daughter? <laughs> <It's> like <laughs> <laughs> yeah, how to answer that question? Like without uh, <laughs> which one came first, actually? Uh, team week was team the first. Week came yeah. first. Huh. Okay. Yeah. Then I always say that, uh, come on, let Daddy uh, launch the soccer match. Don't don't <laughs> disturb me. <laughs> I got companies a bit yeah. here. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Cool. Anything else you'd like to add?
Yes, I, I want to thank you, uh, you for inviting me and also I want to compliment you that uh, uh, one thing that always leads to, uh, to success is hard work, smart work and hard work and it seems that you are really hard worker because I haven't seen any like uh, previously I have attended some like like talks and panels uh, that is, was prepared uh, so well and so thoughtfully so I should I think that you should give a big round of applause to Avery. <laughs> I'm not alone. <laughs> I can I can vouch for him working really hard every day. <laughs> oh, my heart. Thank you so much. That means a lot coming from you actually. It's always it's nerve-wracking for me to sit across from guys like you, you know? It's like uh I don't know. You never know. Maybe I ask you a question and you don't want to be friends anymore. A stupid question. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> this guy knows nothing. <laughs> <laughs> what an idiot. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you so much, guys. Big round of applause for you. Even bigger round of applause for Alariajo. <laughs> Thank you so much. Don't run away too fast. Hang around, discuss, ask questions about remote working. Alari, you're going to stay for 5.10? You get 5.10 minutes? Okay. Bother Alari, bother each other, network, enjoy. Thank you so much for coming out. Thank you, Lift99, for hosting Liftoff. Woohoo! Woo! Party! <laughs>